All right. Welcome to the Real Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kelly Scar. And today, my friends, we've got a special guest, Gary Hibbert, right? That's right. You got it right. Hibbert. Okay. I got to yeah. nail it on the first try. Fantastic. <laughs> Gary is coming to us live and in person from uh, Ontario. What part of Ontario? Durham region? Uh, it, yeah. A little city called Ajax, just outside of uh, Toronto. Right on. Okay, yeah. cool. So as always, everybody, I'm going to roll through Gary's extensive biography here. Um, we're going to skip the middle part. We're actually going to talk a little bit about the middle part. We're going to, I got to do the top part and the bottom part, and then we'll sure. jump into the conversation. So Gary Hibbert is a full-time real estate investor, licensed and award-winning real estate agent, author, and educator. In 2008, he made a decision that would be life-changing by purchasing his first investment property. Through hard work and dedication, Gary left the corporate world to become a full-time entrepreneur in 2014. Today, not only does he have a remarkable real estate investing portfolio and successful businesses, Gary continually inspires the same change that transformed his life into others. In addition to smart home choice, Gary is the owner of a private investment company called Deep Pockets and most recently has joined in a partnership of ownership of a real estate brokerage, Our Neighborhood Realty. Gary attributes his success to his focus on improving his mindset rather than improving his skill set and most importantly, discovering his why. He is also dedicated to helping others realize their why because that is the realization that led Gary to where he is today. Welcome to the show, my friend. Kelly, thank you very much for having me here. I'm excited. excited to sit down and have a conversation with you and just, uh, you know, share some ideas, share some uh, knowledge, share things that have actually helped and changed my life. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for agreeing to be on the, on the podcast. I know we met, um, we met last year, right? Face to face last year, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it was in the keg restaurant and, uh, it was like, Hey man, like I I totally want to collaborate with you on something. I don't know what that is yet, but you know, let's, let's do something. So, you know, that's kind of how this, this whole thing happened, I guess. Right. I just kind of reached out to you and said, Hey, would you want to be on the show? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know what, it, we had a great dinner. The meal was fantastic. The conversation was. was even better. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's how things I think always kind of come together, right? It's just by, you know, you never know where you're going to meet somebody. You never know the conversation that you're going to have with somebody and uh, you never know how they're going to impact your life. Right. So hopefully the conversation that we have today may, uh, potentially change somebody's life where they tune into your podcast and, uh, and listen to what we have to talk about today. So Right on, man. I appreciate that. That's so, yeah. so let's, let's jump into the past. Like, like I always do. I, I'm, you know, I'm curious about where you started. You know, one of the things that you mentioned in your bio is that you, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck as many others do. Um, right. What were you doing before real estate, man? Yeah. So I used to work for uh, for TD bank um, doing something completely different from what I'm doing today. So I was in the, uh, in the corporate world um, in it working with servers and mainframes and ethernet cables. And uh, um, essentially, you know, I, I, when I first started there, I worked in the tape library. Yeah, very boring. And eventually I got into the operations department. Um, and from there, when I first was there, I did enjoy the job. You know, I did enjoy it. I liked what, uh, what we were doing and, um, you know, trying to keep the systems and the servers and all that stuff up. So I found it very intriguing. Um, and eventually I climbed up to, uh, to shift manager and essentially it, it, what it was is a department within the bank, which is called incident management. And in that department, we were responsible for pretty much everything, um, it wise for TD bank right across, not just Canada, but right across the world. 
And so at times I was the focal point for making big decisions on, you know, do we shut the server down or do we fire this up? And listen, man, over those years, made tons of bad decisions, lots of mistakes. <laughs> and, you were the uh, guy to blame. I you was the guy. guy. When, when yeah, Walmart yeah. was down, it was me. I was the one who said, pull that, <laughs> pull oh that plug. God. But you know what it did, though? It, it helped build confidence in me, helped build, you know, the, um, the ability of it being okay, making mistakes, because that's where you, that's where you learn the most is in those particular times. When, when everything goes nice and smooth, you're not learning anything. Everything kind of went how it's supposed to go. Um, and, uh, but here's what ended up happening was that climbing the ladder. Um, I remember when I first started, I think I was making like 24, 25 thou. And I eventually got up to like around like 90 and, wow. uh, and, 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 and it did it fairly quickly but I was still paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like, I don't right. get this. Like, how, how, can, how can I still be behind the eight ball? Why is it that over those, you know, I think it was maybe like nine or 10 years that I had to refinance, um, take all my debts, roll it into my mortgage. And it, it right. wasn't making any sense to me. Here's where my whole entire life changed. And so in 2008, I go into um, my, my bank, uh, sitting down with my financial advisor. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm here again because I obviously can't manage my debts. <laughs> so <laughs> can, you, can you roll it into my mortgage for the third time? And right. she's like, yes, Gary, we're going to do it. We're going to take all your credit cards. We're going to put everything in there. But how about we just get rid of everything for it? I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't want to even want to see lines of credits anymore. I don't want to see credit cards anymore because I, I, obviously I can't manage it. So she does that. And I'm sitting in the office all by myself. And I look up and I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Kelly, but it's called the index chart. So it's this big mm -hmm. chart and, and it shows you what the stock markets have done for 50 years and what right. uh, interest rates have done for 50 years. And then I, 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 I dialed into what inflation was doing. And I was like, well, hold on a second. So inflation is doing anywhere from two or 3% to as high as sometimes 15, 16, 20%. Right. And I was like, well, hold on a second. Inflation is even, even at 3% a year. Well, my raise at work the year before had like, I made like a thousand dollars and I did the math real quick and I was yeah. like, I get it. I got a right. raise of 1.6%. Mathematically inflation. it's impossible. Even right. at 2% inflation, I can't, I can't outpace it. Right. But my home was able to do that. And so I was like, well, what if I started putting my money into investment properties? How would that change my whole entire life? Something that could outpace inflation. And that was when everything changed just by looking wow. at that simple graph. Wow. And that's, that's an amazing story, man. You know, and, and, you know, you talk about managing your debts. It sounds like you had a money management problem as a whole, right? It yeah. wasn't just about managing your debt. It was like, you know, using that credit card. It's just, it, you know, they've just made it so bloody easy for us to go onto Amazon and, you know, our, our credit card information is in there and it's just click. And then it shows yep. up at the door and it's like, oh shit. Now, how do I pay for that? Right. Right. You know, so that, you know, it's a spending it. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of businesses will, will tell you, oh, well, we've got, we got this, we've got a revenue problem. We've got, uh, um, you know, we're not making any profit, uh, you know, and it's like, no, like you don't have a revenue problem. You've got a spending problem, right? That's, right. that's the, that's the issue is that you had a spending problem. You had all of this debt that was accessible to you and you were taking advantage of every piece of it. And unfortunately exactly. it was consumerism, right. As opposed to, investment debt, which there's exactly. a massive, massive difference between the two. And it sounds like you were able to figure that out rather quickly. 
Right. And look, and part of it too is because I do enjoy having a good time. And so I think that was part of it as well too. So (laughs) now I I was able to tap into something that could give me a greater return on my money. And, And look, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, then you'll always be having to work for money. Right. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I've turned to, to real estate investing. You know, people yeah. think, you know, cause I mean, look, and I'm still doing it. I still teach that uh, part uh, of, of what I do to as many people as I can. People think, well, man, Gary, you love real estate investing a lot. I'm like, no, I don't. Actually, I, I don't like it at all. What I, <laughs> what I like is what it creates for me. And it's right. the freedom, the freedom to do what I want to do, the freedom to um, be able to go where I want to go when I want to when I want to do it, work when I want to work and not work when I don't have to. And so I'm not a slave to the system anymore. Got it. So 2008 is when you Mm kind of had this epiphany, right? It's like, Oh shit, look at that chart, you know, inflation doing the quick math, still in it, still working for TD. Uh, So let me guess Uh, you went out and bought your first investment property, realized how easy it was or how badly or how poorly the, the realtor, did it did their job and it was like well if he can do that i could do it was it something like that a, a little bit so the first investment yeah. property i bought was uh it, it kind of fell on my lap for the most part I, i'll tell a quick story there but a friend of mine i was talking to him about it over drinks one night and uh, anyway so his dad was going through a divorce he goes hey look my dad really wants to stay here what if you bought that property so he can stay there and his sister can stay there as well too and it was a two unit i'm like sure let's do it and so, so I bought that investment property um, and it was a time where, you know, you could do 40 year amortization, zero right. down. This is right before it was right in when that whole U S crash was starting to happen. Right. Right. Um, but they back Canada backed it out real quick. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Yeah. We're going down this road. And so anyways, the second property I bought, um, bought that with my brother-in-law. That's where everything kind of just went a little messy because mm. I didn't know how to screen tenants because the first one went so easy. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, And then I had to take a step back and say, okay, I need to find another way to invest in real estate, but something that's a little bit easier because I was still working at this full-time job. Um, And, uh, and what I, what I found out was did some Google search, like a user way to invest in real estate and came across rent to own, which is what I fell in love with where I could help a family move into their home um, they got to pick the home that they like, I would purchase it for them. And then they had a vested interest in that property where they can then purchase it in a couple of years. And then in 2010, because I liked that concept so much, um, me and my wife decided to start our own real estate investment club called Smart Home Choice. Now, up until this point, I still didn't even have my real estate license. Okay. Um, and so then what we did was we started this club and we started teaching people about rent to own, how it worked. Um, but we were very transparent. We we're like, hey, look, we're learning this too. Why don't you guys come on this journey along with us and we'll teach you and share with you what we're learning. And then we started doing joint ventures with some of these investors and partnering with them and, and continue to make some mistakes as we went along, but we were growing together. And then from there, we started membership. And this continued to grow until even, what, 2013, I think is when I started to get my real estate license. Like, okay, hold on a second. I think I've got something here. So let me kind of co-mingle the two, the the club and get my real estate license. And then 2014 is when I decided to leave my full-time job. Wow. So you you had basically 
you had created this club without the idea of actually getting your real estate license. That just kind of, it was a natural progression. It was like, Hey, I've got all these people. I've got this, this club. I've got all of these eyeballs, all of these ears, you know, listening to the advice that I'm giving. And you know, why, why wouldn't I go out and get my license so that I can actually help these people make these purchases? Exactly. See, I wasn't yeah. focusing so much on the real estate transaction side of it because I was making the money on the investment. That right. to me was my primary focus. That was what was going to sustain the lifestyle that I was looking for and that I wanted. And then the real estate license just kind of complemented that right. because I knew that that was just another job. Right. Got and, it. But the real estate investment, that was what was going to make me money uh, every day every every hour every week every month every year right because when you take a look at real estate there's always three pieces that you're always going to have right it's the cash flow as long as you buy it correctly mortgage right. pay down and the only one that you may or may not get is the appreciation so then i right. never bought for appreciation i just Got bought it. for cash flow right yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big mistake that a lot of people make, you know, that's, this is, I see this a lot with, with, um, you know, realtors that specialize in, in, you know, working with investors, they calculate the appreciative value of the property and then present that in a pro forma. And it's like, you know, Oh, by the way, here's the appreciative value of the property. Look at how much the property is going to be worth in five years time, you know, right. versus what you're paying for it now. And this is the, like, you know, it's not like that in Alberta, right? It's, right. you know, we've, Alberta has been on sale for like the last five, six years. Right. And, you know, mm -hmm. with everything that's going on with COVID and, and this pandemic and stuff like that, I mean, we're going to get hit really, really hard here in the market. So, um, you know, to buy for appreciation, I, I think was a, you know, it's a mistake that a lot of investors make. They should absolutely buy, be buying for cash flow. I think that's, that's really some sage advice, man, for sure. So, yeah. So what was it, what, what do you think was the, one of the biggest mistakes that you made early on? And I, you know, I, I think that you're, you're probably still making mistakes today, probably not on the same scale as you made them previous because you're failing forward. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, early on in the investment, you know, in the, in the investment game, other than, you know, failing to, to screen clients um, or screen tenants properly, what were, you know, what were some of those biggest mistakes that maybe you're one of the, one, one of the biggest mistakes that you learned from? Okay, so, so there's two. So one happened before I started, which was uh, not starting sooner. And right, okay. uh, I remember when I was uh, and I remember when uh, when I was at TD in 2001, I went up to a friend of mine and asked him because he had an investment property. And I go, hey, listen, you know what? I'm, th I'm thinking about getting into real estate investing. You know, what do you think? How is your investment properties going? He goes, listen, Gary, let me tell you something. Don't do it. Like, really? <laughs> so, so I go home, I tell my wife, I come back and I go, listen, thank you so much for talking me out of it because I can't believe I almost, you know, messed my life up. Thank you. And so I wow. sat in the sidelines for like, you know, for like seven years. And so yeah. I wanted to get into it in 2001, but I got talked out of it. Right. Um, and no fault of his own. I should have you know, look, if you're going to do anything and you want to be successful in anything, then you have to ask people um, that are where you want to be. Right. You can't ask people that are in the same bucket as you because right. they don't know how to get out of it. And, and, and so again, no fault of his own. Um, and then when I did get into it, the big mistake that I did make was um, not, not having the right team around me, around me, not having the right lawyers or the right accountants. 
Um, and, uh, and, and that's why I made those mistakes in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, oh, okay, well, uh, a friend of mine did it. So it can't be that hard. And then I realized like, oh, okay, I'm missing a lot of very, very important pieces to how to be successful because, you know, a lot, one of the big questions too, in the beginning is like, you know, investors ask me, Hey Gary, should I, should I incorporate? I don't even know when I should incorporate. Right. My accountant tells me when it's time to incorporate. Right. That's not for me to know. I focus on finding the good deals. I focus on being the investor, not all the other moving pieces. And so I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I just hang out with a lot of smart people. Right. Yeah. And you know, it took me a long time to figure that, that one out as well. Right. You know, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made um, in business was, was picking the wrong mentors, right. Picking the wrong mm -hmm. people to be around and, and following the advice that they were giving um, you know, in, in, you know, helping me to purchase rental properties myself as well. Right. Um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I made was just investing in the wrong neighborhoods. And so, you know, I think that's another part of this, right. Not to go down this, you know, down this path of, of investment and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but it is interesting. Right. I think, you know, some of the fundamentals that a lot of investors or somebody that's looking at getting into investing, they fail to realize is the neighborhood is, is, is as important as the cash flow opportunity, right? Um, you know, I purchased in right. a neighborhood where I thought, and not that I had thought, I'd actually done the research and, and the research suggested this one area in, in uh, Southeast Calgary was supposed to, you know, appreciate. Uh, it was a business revitalization zone. Um, you know, it was gonna be the next Killarney, which was kind of an up and coming Southwest neighborhood. And we owned that property for a decade and uh, it just was, it just wasn't coming to fruition. It was, it was getting, the neighborhood was actually getting worse and worse. Really? So, you know, what, what are some of the, what are some of the things that, that you, do you have a calculation that you had? Do you have a spreadsheet that you use? Like, do you have, um, you know, are you investing in your area? Are you investing outside of Ajax? If you're investing inside of Ajax, have you got kind of an idea as to where the areas that you should be putting your money? Like, what would you suggest to somebody that's, you know, maybe looking at buying their first investment property, um, right. you know, what are some of the fundamentals that they should be looking at? Yes. Yeah, good question. So there's, there's a couple of different fundamentals that we look at and that we will tell any of our investors to look at as well too, before they invest. So number one um, is, um, is population growth. So, you know, you can go online, you can take a look to see, you know, is a population going up or is it going down over the course of the last say five or 10 years? Um, then you want to take a look at income growth. So is the income going up or is it going down in those neighborhoods? Um, then you also want to take a look at vacancy. You know, if, you, if you're investing in an area and the vacancy rates are 10%, um, as opposed to maybe another area that where the vacancy rates are 1%, well then, you know, out of 100 homes, you should have a pretty good chance to fill that property. Um, and, uh, and another thing that I, re I really like taking a look at is, is infrastructure. Um, so what are they doing with the roads? Are they building any kind of new highways? Um, and, uh, you know, that's super, super important. So for like, for example, like where we live, they just built like another highway right above us that connects to another city, which now we've moved 90% of our investors to this little city called Peterborough because mm -hmm. they've built this brand new artery, which allows families to now move in and out of the city quickly. It's almost like building like another artery to your heart. That's huge. So, right. so infrastructure is, is very, very important as well too. So those, those are some of the main things that we take a look at before um, we take any of our investors to invest in a particular area. 
Um, and then the other thing as well too that we'll do is that before we take any of our investors to invest, we'll invest in that area first. And so right. then we put our, our money where our mouth is. And that's, right. that's super, super important. So in your bio, it mentions that you uh, just recently invested into a real estate brokerage. Is that right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, maybe take me through that. What was, so this is like quite the genesis that you've been going through, man. IT, real estate investor, you know, uh, rent to own, you know, building the group. Now you're a real estate agent. Now you're, you know, part owner in a, in a real estate brokerage. Um, what was it that, that kind of led you to, to think that this would be a, you know, a good way to, um, you know, invest your money, I guess, uh, you know, real yeah. estate brokerages, I, I have some experience in that and it's, you know, it's, it's never an easy thing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you have grand designs on growth and, and, you know, partnerships are always tough. So, you know, kind of take me through that. Like how did, how did you eventually come to this realization that you want to be a partner owner in a brokerage? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And it wasn't that I, I, we had decided that we wanted to be a partner in a brokerage that, that we didn't write that down or that wasn't anything that was on our whiteboard by any means. Because if you take a look behind me, um, I'm huge on whiteboards. And so we yeah. write down everything that we want. We're and, and one of the, the my, my business, Smart Home Choice, that is um, based on smart goals. So specific, right. measurable, attainable, um, realistic right. or relevant in time. Yeah. And so I'd written down on there that I wanted a, um, um, a room to do my podcast. And so that kind of tied in with this broker because they actually had reached out to me and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really want a brokers. And I sat down and talked to my accountant about it. And he told me all the, um, the things that could go wrong. And so then we, we sat down and I was sitting with my wife like, you know what? Well, my accountant said we shouldn't do it. Our lawyer said we shouldn't do it. So we shouldn't do it. And then a week went by and we were like, well, hold on a second though. But they told us we shouldn't do smart home choice. They told us we shouldn't do, they told us all these other businesses that we shouldn't do. And right. so then we said, Hey, we're entrepreneurs. And so then we went back and said, look, um, protect us, just protect yeah. us. And, and so that, uh, when we get into partnership with the, with this, uh, other, other power couple, that, uh, that will be okay. And so that was how it all came together. But more importantly, what, what it allowed us to do was it took our real estate investment company, Smart Home Choice, to then put it into a brokerage to now be able to train um, the real estate agents on how to invest in real estate and the importance of um, creating and building assets. And then they can then turn around and then teach and train their clients. And right. so instead of now it just being a brokerage, it's a brokerage that has a real estate investment arm in it and uh, with a podcast room as well too. Right. So it was very, yeah. So it was, it was very different. It, it, we looked at it from a, from a different lens. Right. That it's, it kind of reminds me of an old saying, I'm buying the garage for the house. Right. Yeah. I'm buying the, buying the kitchen <laughs> for the house. You bought, right. you basically bought the, <laughs> bought the brokerage for the podcast studio. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, man, and, but, here's, but, he, but here's a good thing, though, is that, again, right, I think if you really focus on your whys, um, then when things appear, then you can really take a step back, say, OK, well, hold on a second. I might be manifesting this into my life. It may not be it may not come exactly how you expected it to, but I did ask for it. Right. And so you just have to be aware of what you're asking for 
and sometimes take a look at what's coming into your life and say, did I ask for this or not? Because then it's easier to push it away if you truly didn't ask for it. And if you did, hold on a second, let me take a look at it. Oh, well, hold on a second. That kind of lines up with what I have on my board or on my vision. You know, it's, it's, you, you said a couple of different things that were very interesting to me. One was, you know, finding your why. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've read the book, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, right? Yeah. Uh, very, very important book. I know I've mentioned it on the podcast with, with previous guests. It is, a, it is a very important book. If you don't know why you're in, why you're an entrepreneur or why you're doing what you're doing, then you really need to figure that out. Right. And, you know, ultimately, you know, when I first read that book, I read it and he's got some pretty high level stuff in there. I mean, the guy is very cerebral, very, very smart. Um, And he had a lot of high level stuff in there. And so I I came away from the book and I started writing things out. You know, what's my why? Well, you know, my why is my kids and my why is my relationship with my wife. And, you know, I want to give, you know, my, my kids the, the life that I never had. So I had a pretty good childhood growing up. My, my parents did absolutely the best they could. Right. Um, Right. You know, I I never went hungry. I always had clothes on my back. always had a roof over my head. Um, You know, so uh, you know, I was looking at it from that kind of holistic, airy fairy point of view. And then when I started to to write things down, it was like nothing was really resonating with me, right? It just didn't, it, it, you know, yes, my family resonates and yes, my kids are the most important thing in my life, but it just wasn't resonating with me. What, what it came down to was I want to be able to do the things that I want to be able to get up in the morning and not feel like I'm going to work. Right. right. And, and, you know, something that you had mentioned was um, a couple of different times is teaching, right. Instructing, um, you know, showing people a different way to live, showing people a different way of looking at their investments, showing people a different way of looking at their home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, what was it that, that triggered this? I mean, you know, as far as your why is concerned, did you have a why when you worked in IT at TD? Um, was it, was this something that you found later on in life? Was it something that, that you found as you started to invest in real estate? Like what was, what was the kicker for you? What, and why was it so, why is it such an important piece of what you're doing right now? Yeah, it's such an important piece to what I'm doing right now, because if you don't have a why, then it's hard to design your life. And I think life is always about being able to design it. And so when I was working at TD bank, I wasn't designing my life. I was flowing down the river of other people's choices. Like, hey, Gary would be great here as a team lead. Hey, Gary would be great here as a manager. Hey, Gary would be great over here as a shift manager. And so I wasn't selecting those jobs. I was getting pushed into those jobs to make other people's lives easier. And so if you you don't design your life, you will fall into somebody else's design. And, um, and I think Jim Rose said something along these lines and then, you know, guess what they have planned for you? Not much. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so in 2006, kind of going back, my brother had brought over the secret to me. I don't know if if you're familiar with the secret. Yeah. And, uh, and I watched that. And when I was done, I was like, hold on a second. You can just write down what you want. Now I get it. The secret didn't go into full details. They they missed the action piece. Right. Right. But but I did really grab hold of writing down what I want and attaching wise to it. And so when I started writing down the things that I wanted and in the beginning, it was very simple things like paying off this or paying off that. And then when I got into real estate investing, I was like, Hey, I want to, 
buy an investment property, but this one I'm going to attach my son's name to it. So this is for him. Then the next one was for my daughter's education. That's for her. Then the next one is for vacations every year. And so we were tying wise to it. And I'll never forget this one year. I think it was maybe 2011. We said, okay, we want four investment properties. But we didn't have the money. There's no way that's like, how can we possibly have four investment properties? You also have to kind of go back to thinking, you know, where my mindset was then to where it is today. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year, we had four investment properties. And I was like, ah, wow. oh, I get it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with money. See, people right. think it has to do with money. And money itself is useless unless it's used. But it doesn't mean that you actually have to have it. And as long as you can learn how to attract it to you, well, then it's like oxygen. Right. You know, it's like that people think that oxygen, like you need to hold on to it. And I'm like, well, then fine. Hold on to it for two minutes and see how long that serves you. So money is the same way. If you learn how to attract it to you when you need it, and that's just by coming attractive, not physically, but mentally, mindset, um, understanding your value, then that is how you can truly change your life. And so even with what's, what we're going through today with, you know, with, uh, with COVID-19, and I know a lot, a lot, a lot of people are going to be going through some hard times, but if you are, if you can silence your mind and be aware of what's happening and know that the crisis is, yes, there's a crisis, there's a real crisis that's happening outside, but the major crisis is actually really what's happening inside you. And mm. so then you got to learn to be able to silence that. And that's, right. I think, the hard part that a lot of people are going to have during this time. Yeah, right? and, and, so, and that's a great point, man. I mean, you know, Alberta's getting kicked in the teeth right now for a number of different reasons. Um, you know, they just, they just canceled Stampede yesterday, which is, you know, the first time in I think 97 years or something like that. Um, You know, that was, we, my wife and I had discussions around that. We knew it was going to happen. Didn't lessen the blow, right? This is, this, it's an institution. It is part of, you know, uh, it's just part of our, our summer, right? It's part of our lives here. And so when something like that gets canceled, it, it's, it has a major, major effect. You know, it has effect, an effect on a lot of people mentally. And, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yesterday was a tough day. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have been tough days. So, you know, how are you dealing with, with things right now? You know, as far as your business is concerned, your mindset, like, how are you getting through these days? What are some of the things that you're doing to cope, kind of push yourself, continually be positive and push yourself forward? Cause I, I know you're a positive dude, man. Like, you yeah. know, every time I've talked to you, it's been a, you know, a positive conversation. So. Yeah, listen, for sure. There's, there's ups and downs for me as well, too. There's no doubt about it. What I'm doing more of is more meditation. And I think that people think that when you, they hear the word meditation, that means that you have to get in some type of a zenful state and you don't. And so whether it just be that you're laying down and observing your thoughts and realizing that you're not the thoughts, that right. they're just coming in and they're, and they're going out and, and, and understanding that there's bad ones, negative ones, and there's positive ones. And so just looking at them and saying, hmm, that's a negative thought. What's, what's it serving me? Oh, serving me nothing. Let it go. And so I find, but the more that I've been meditating through this, the better and the easier I'm able to move through this, to then focus on the positive thoughts, because there are going to be some incredible things that are going to happen out of this. Yes, there's going to be some bad things, 100%. 
but you're gonna see an innovation that you've never seen before. You, we are going through the largest transfer of wealth. And so then if you can understand that, then you just have to educate yourself on that as well too. What side of the fence do I need to be on so that I can be on the receiving end as opposed to the end where I'm getting knocked out, right? right? And so, you know, it's, it's about um, being aware of what's happening around you and not being a victim. And see, a lot of people will play the victim card. And it's super easy to play that because, well, this has happened because of Corona. Well, this has happened because of the government. Well, I didn't get any handouts. I didn't. Okay, cool. But there's other things that are happening that are positive. So think of, think of this, let's even go to the high level, Mother Nature. Mother mm -hmm. Nature just sent us all to our rooms. Yeah, and now Mother Nature right. is taking a break, okay? Because yeah. we, 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 we don't have the capability to go to another planet. Right. Right? And so now... The skies, I, I guarantee they'll probably do some studies afterwards. The skies are probably going to be a little bit cleaner. The oceans are going to be cleaner. You know, yeah. um, there's, there's, there's no cars in the roads. There's no cruise ships that are, that are motoring around. And so right. there are positive things that are going to happen out of this. Um, I think you're going to see companies now not even go back to, you know, downtown Toronto or in Alberta saying, well, mm -hmm. you know what? We don't need all this office space. We right. can maybe work from home. And, and in certain areas where there's affordable housing issues, that may now potentially be homing for, for, for those type of families. So yes, I understand that there are some bad things going to happen with, with it. That's what we're going through right now. However, through any hard times, there's always going to be new innovations. This is where you're going to see something. When we get out on the other side, you're like, man, there was actually some incredible things that happened out of this. And so right. it's either you, 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 you look at and, and be on the victor side or you be a victim. That's yeah. It. I was having this Two conversation. Choices. Yeah. I, I, that's a, and you know, you made a really, really great point about affordable housing and, and uh, cause I've had this conversation a couple of different times. You're a hundred percent, right? There's going to be massive corporations, you know, downtown in the big cities. And they're going to be like, listen, we don't need to be paying 40 or 30 or 50 bucks a square foot anymore. Right. So mm -hmm. let's, let's have this department stay at home. We're going to pay them the equivalent of half the, the uh, X amount of dollars per square foot. Everybody's going to get raises for staying at home. And then we're yeah. going to exit out of this, 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 uh, this, this massively expensive uh, piece of commercial real estate. Right. Um, exactly. I, I mean, Hey, listen, like, you know, if I could sit at home and work from home every single day, I'd, I'd probably choose that because, you know, I've now that said, I, I would love it if the kids could go back to school, right? That would make things a hell of a lot easier right now, For sure. right? Rather than, you know, having people pass by the glass door or I'm on coaching calls and I got a cat passing by the glass door there. <laughs> People's eyes are always going down to the door and it's like, oh, you see my cat? Yep, yeah, yeah. My kid? Yep, whatever, right? So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be massive innovation born out of this crisis. There's no question about that. And For I love sure. the, the idea kind of throwing that out there of, of their potential for you know this affordable housing crunch that we have in, in every major city right mm -hmm. um, I, I think that 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 there's there's definitely um, a possibility of that happening the other thing that I'm that I'm seeing is in the legal industry as well uh, things are definitely going to change there like a hundred percent from a sorry like, in like the, a, yeah, like the legal the from a legal yeah. aspect right from you know residential real estate for um, sure. I sent an email to the lawyer that I typically recommend, and this was going back six or seven weeks. And I said, Hey, you know, it looks like 
you know, essential services will be, you know, they'll be allowed to be open, but you know, you're going to wind up having people that are likely not going to want to come in and meet with you. Right. Uh, face right. to face because of everything that's going on. How are you going to deal with this? By the way, here's uh, you know, here's zoom. Maybe you want to have a look at, you know, implementing this um, here's DocuSign. Maybe you want to have a look at implementing this. Like, um, and then, so he's like, okay, I'm going to do a little, a little bit of research. He organized a couple of, uh, lawyers that got together. They went to the law society. And the next thing you know, a couple of weeks later, the law society is coming out and saying, Hey, uh, we don't need, no longer need wet signatures. Electronic signing is fine. And doing, you know, face-to-face video conference is totally fine as well. You don't need to meet in person with that, with yeah. that, uh, with that buyer or seller anymore. So, you know, That's now huge. you're huge. Oh, it's That's massive. a huge innovation. And I it remember because I was talking to my lawyer uh, about six months ago about this. And he's like, right. yeah, no, we can't do it. I'm like, yeah, but we're realtors. We're able to do it. Oh, come you guys can do it. And look at that. Right. Now you have something that happens and then you're forced to change. You have no other choice but to change. And then that well, happens. Financial advisors too. Yeah. Right? I, I the think worst. we are. Yeah. I think we are leaving the industrial age and we are now going into the information age. And right. I think the sooner people can embrace that, then the easier the transition. See, people are like, man, I can't wait till we go back to how it used to be. <laughs> Listen, that old world is gone. And if you think that everything is coming back to how it used to be, then you're not paying attention. Yes, right. parts of it will come back, but I guarantee it, not all of it, 100%. You're, this is the, one of the biggest changes that you're ever gonna see in, in probably our lifetime. I'm, I, you know, it's, it, we, my wife and I go for walks every morning and, and we're having these conversations and we're continually racking our brains about these different innovations that can happen. And my wife's a psychologist. So all of her, you can see the desk behind me. This is her workstation. We're finishing off the basement right now. Carpet goes in next Friday. We're probably going to wind up moving her workstation into the basement. So she'll have her, her office down there, um, you know, in, in, in the bedroom. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, she's, she's now, She's got access to technology where she can have video conference counseling sessions, right? right. And this was an aspect of, of her business that didn't really ever exist before. Um, she wasn't sure even when, when they made that switch, when she, when she had to make that switch over to these different, um, different technologies, whether, whether people were actually going to embrace it or not. And you know how many people actually don't want to meet with her? It's like right. zero, Right. zero people right so they i mean they they would rather not meet with her in person right now during this time there are people after this is you know after we get back to whatever the new normal is going to be there will be still people that won't want to meet with her face to face that they right. would be more comfortable going you know video to video so you know even something as small as that i think is there's going to be an innovation there so it could allow her an opportunity to even increase her her business in, in, you know, in that fashion, right. Where she could wind up working from home a couple days a week and then having the office. And, you know, we, she's got an office. Um, she's paying X amount of dollars per month, but she hasn't been there in six weeks. Right. right? You know, so now we've got to talk to the landlord. It's like, okay, well, you know, we might not even be there for six months. So what are we going to do? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is what it's all about right now is innovation, changing the way that you do business. Um, you know, somebody had asked me earlier today, like how, how are your kids coping with it a little bit older, like 18 and 23. And I'm like, they're fine. They've been doing zoom. They've been doing social media. This is, this right. is nothing new to them. They're like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm still in my room anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they're digital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 we're, we're digital immigrants, my friend. They are digital yeah. natives. 
right? Exactly. They're going up with this stuff. My kids just got, uh, they bought themselves iPods uh, earlier this week and they just got delivered today. So, you know, yeah. I was helping them get all set up and they were, one was on one side of the house, the other one was on the other side of the house and they were practicing their FaceTime, right? right. They're 11 going on 12 this year. So, you know, but they're, I mean, they, they picked up the device and it was like second nature to them. Like, it's just very, very simple to use. Right. Exactly. Um, and listen, and, and we've been doing like me and my team, we've been doing um, a lot of stuff online for a number of years as well too. So now we're just f pushing it even harder now. Not, right. We're not pushing anybody into sales. We're just like, Hey, giving people information. Right. And that's all we want to do is like, Hey, we're there. We're out there. This is what we're doing. Here's what our thoughts of where we think the market is going to go. Here's what we think is going to happen in the future. Um, but I mean, look, I've been taking clients out starting from like 2015 to 16, where I would do FaceTime with them yeah. in a home because investors, they are not emotionally attached to it. Long as it makes sense, long as the numbers make sense. Um, and, 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 and I've built that trust with them then I've, I've, they've purchased homes without even looking at it and then going in during the home inspection afterwards. I'm like, okay, cool, everything's good. And then they move forward with it. Yeah. And so you're going to see more of that, I think, in the future. You're seeing that happening right now. 100%, man. It's, this is the new normal. Like it, it, it's, this isn't the future. I, you know, I said this on a, on a podcast. I was a guest on here last week. And you know, I've said this from the stage. And it's, it's like, if you suck on video, you're going to suck in real life, right? right. Like right now, you, yeah. I mean, this is real life. This is what it is, right? So, you know, if, if you're, if you are having a problem with embracing video, you just got to get over yourself and understand that it's two people just having a conversation through video conferencing and that's it. Right. right. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to show a house virtually and, and you're going to use, utilize FaceTime, you're, it's just you and that other person, nobody else is going to see it right? Unless you're actually going to do a video tour of the property and then you're going to upload it into YouTube and, and fire it over to the client. At the end of the day, the only person that's going to see it is the client anyways, right? So right. it's not like we're asking you or, you know, your clients are asking you or, or people are saying that you got to start doing video blogs or start doing video podcasts. That isn't what it's about. It's about just doing the best that you possibly can for your clients and utilizing the technology that's there and understand that this is the now, it's not the future, Right. right. So what are their innovations? Are you, are you, I'm, I'm curious about this, like Nostradamus, right? What, uh, <laughs> what do you, what else are you predicting? Is there anything that you're kind of seeing right now that that's interesting to you that you see as a major innovation coming, coming down the line? Major innovation is coming down the line. Um, no, I'm putting you on the spot. We, yeah, no, it's cool. You know what? Um, I love conspiracy theories. Mm. I do. I go into it. I don't believe yeah. in all of them. Okay. Right. So I'm not that, I'm not that guy where I'm going to go get a bunker and now, Oh my God. And that's it. You know, it's the end of the world. That's You're on the next episode of preppers. But, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but I want to know all angles because right. it, the punch that knocks you out is the one that you don't see. That's and right. So a conspiracy theory is a conspiracy theory until it's not a conspiracy theory. That's right. And so the one that I think that may happen down the road especially now with everybody being locked in is um, they may eventually get to this point because it's happening already in China where they're saying, Hey, look, you know what? Instead of having you guys all locked in, wouldn't you guys allow it or like it if we just knew where you were? And then that way now, if Kelly was over here and he was with these, you know, his five friends and we knew that one of his friends just came back from China, then we can just contain them 
and everybody else can continue on with their work. And right. like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Who cares? Go ahead, track everybody. And so right. that is one thing if I, if, if I had to kind of put my Nostradamus hat on, I would say mm-hmm. I think they probably want to eventually get to the point of being able to track everybody. Um, and I don't know a ton about this, but I know that, you know, on the 4G network, you can turn on location services or turn it off. I believe mm-hmm. in the 5G network, you don't have the capability of turning any of that off. And so oh, now they're right? going to know. Wow. Right. And so now they're going to know where you are. And I think my daughter right. just told me this afternoon, she said, Dad, I was looking for a new phone, but they all have 5G. And I'm like, well, see, it's coming. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. So I don't think that's a conspiracy theory by any means. I think that's something that's mm-hmm. coming down the line. And so I think that's what they're probably going to want to do. And so it's just one of those things, you know, do you fight it or do you just say, hey, look, you know what? I've got nothing really to hide. And look, I think at the end of the day, they're tracking us anyways. I mean, I right. say something and I go on Facebook and then all of a sudden now th- that, that vacation there. that I talked about is there. So if you, yeah. if you think they're not tracking you, then you're, you're kidding yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a lover of the conspiracy, but I'm, I'm not a believer of the theory, you know, um, right. I, I, I have a brother that is like full on, you know, Mr. Conspiracy theory. And he's got, he just, he believes all of it. Like he just doesn't, you know, the whole nine 11 thing. He's like, Nope, didn't happen. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I can't have this conversation with you right now. <laughs> exactly. is, yeah, but, but then, but then it gets to the point of, okay, so fine. It did, or it didn't, or we went to the moon or we didn't get, how is that affecting your life? Mm-hmm. And then is it serving you any purpose? Right. Right. So cool. Look at it, but then you still have to move forward with your life and you still have to, like, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to pick up arms and go and, and go after the, the government. No, you're not gonna. So forget it. You look at it, understand it, but then you still have to focus on your life. You still have to change your particular life. And then how do you do it? How do you, how do you make the world a better place? You got to start with yourself first and that's mm-hmm. working on your mindset and, and changing the people's lives around you so that you're, you're, you're kind of moving in the right direction as opposed to feeding fear. Because the only thing that's greater than fear is, is hope. And so right. long as there's a hopeful future, well, then that's the best thing to hold on to. Yeah. And, and sage advice, man. I mean, it's, it's very tough to look for hope right now. You know, mm-hmm. you know I think what, where I am kind of tying a little bit of my, my mindset and my hope to is, is watching what Saskatchewan is going to be doing here over the next week and a half or so, right? They're, they're planning on a, you know, a phased in kind of reopening of the province starting on the, the 4th of May, um, right. which is kind of interesting. May the 4th be with you and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I, wonder yeah. if, I wonder if Scott Moe designed it like that, you know, another conspiracy. But, uh, you know, so yeah. that's kind of giving me hope is, is being able to watch a jurisdiction, um, you know, and, and Sweden as well. Sweden is another area in the world mm-hmm. where they've, they're kind of, they've opened back up and, and, you know, we're waiting to see what's, what's going to happen there. And so, you know, if, if all things go well, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, other areas, other jurisdictions in our country could wind up opening up a lot sooner than, than maybe we had thought, or even our, you know, a lot of our leaders had thought. So I think the, the crushing thing is, and, and I think where, there's a lot of danger in that it's tying your hope to that one, like tying it hard to that one thing. Right. Right. Um, You know, seeking out external validation or external um, something that's going to kind of pump your tires a little bit and really tying into that and going, and and then what if it doesn't happen? Right. That that's like you said, that it's that, that punch that you don't see. It's that gut punch and it's like, shit, right, man, I was really looking forward to that happening and now it hasn't happened. Now what am I going to do? Right. Here's, here's the best advice I think I can give people right now. 
and, and not, because who knows when it's going to happen? Is it two weeks from now? Is it a month from now? What if they lock us down until September? Right. And so when you hear the government, they're like, okay, we're going to do two weeks. Okay, now we're going to do another two weeks. Because you can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't handle them saying, we're going to lock you down until September. You're going to lose your right. mind. Yeah. So then don't worry about when we're going to get out. That's the best advice I can give anybody. And so then while you're in your, while you've been sent to your room, whether you think it's the government sent to your room or you think it's mother nature, it doesn't matter. You're here now. Yeah. So then educate yourself. And the best thing to do for what I believe in is now educate yourself on the past because see humans have short term memory and they don't realize and they know it, but it always repeats. And if it doesn't repeat, it definitely rhymes. And so one of the things that I've done is I've gone back to World War One, studied it, gone back to World War Two, studied it, what happened in the Great Depression, how does money work, what happened in 1944 with the great, um, um, the Bretton Woods when they, when they tied all the currency to the U.S. currency and then the U.S. Mm-hmm. currency was tied to gold, what, happened, right. what did R- Richard Nixon do in 1971, right. you, you know, it, and understanding history, understanding how money works. Well, then now that you can understand that, then you know that we are now in the largest wealth transfer that you're going to see since the great depression. Right. And if you can understand that, then this is just something that you're going to be going through and educating yourself so that you can then appear on the right side of that fence. And that's that's, what I'm doing. That is amazing advice. I think understanding you know, understanding how the, the, the great depression happened and how they were able to pull themselves out of it and what happened after that, you know, obviously they, they went into the second world war and then, you know, the United States saw, you know, massive, massive growth between 1945 and in, you know, 1975. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like 30 years of unprecedented growth in the United States um, right. without a lot of recessions in between. Um, you know, I, I think, if, if people understand that there is a way through this, right? Um, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people that are going to the bank and pulling money, storing cash in the mattresses. And, and you know, um, I'll admit it, you know, we've got some money stashed away, you know, maybe not in a mattress, but, you know, and not yeah. a huge amount. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I, think, um, I think if people have a good understanding that this, sh- this too shall pass, Right. right. Especially when it comes to the money side of the equation, we will get through this. We will get to the other side of it. And, 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 you know, kind of, if you're going to tie any, tie any hope to anything, I would, I would tie it to, you know, the idea that through crises, uh, innovation is born and the opportunity that we have right now, right. To, to be continually racking your brain for a, a way for you to contribute to the greater good and bring, you know, um, some income into your pockets as a result. Um, you know, there's just, it's just so, so many different things that we could be doing right now. So many different innovations that we could be thinking about and building and, you know, building on, I think, uh, like you said, this, it's not only the greatest transfer of wealth, but I think probably one of the greatest opportunities in an entrepreneur would, would have in recent memory. Absolutely. And that's what they don't talk about in the Great Depression. You know, they talk about the Great Depression. You hear it so many times. You're like, well, oh, everybody, they were depressed for many years. No, they weren't. That was the other largest transfer of wealth as well, too. There was the most amount of millionaires created during that time. Right. Right. And it was because they knew where to be. They understood that there was an opportunity that was coming up. I think that was where the Kennedys made a ton of their money. 
Oh yeah. Back then. Right. So well, the Kennedys made a lot of their money during prohibition as well. That too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Out of crisis is born innovation, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, but just don't stand on the sidelines and do nothing. Right. Right. If you're locked in, then, you know, learn, educate yourself, figure out the mindset stuff, meditate. There's so many things you can do. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, there's TikTok. Go have fun with TikTok. I'm probably going to make That's a video right. tonight with my daughter. I've been making a couple of them, right? So I know. I've been watching. They're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But don't, don't just be depressed. Don't, be, don't make this thing knock you out, right? right? Learn from it. Learn from it and, you know, take the time to enjoy what you have right now. Like I, you know, I, I read the book, The Compound Effect, Darren Hardy. I've talked about it in the yeah. past. It's a great book. Um, you know, I started a, 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 a gratitude journal. Um, and it's, it's exactly what Hardy says in the book. He, you know, he, he had mentioned the fact that he created this gratitude journal for his wife, right. And, and everything that he is grateful for her, um, you know, each day, day in and day out, I'm doing the same thing and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to take it. I'm going to give it to her on her birthday, which is in December, but it, it helps me to focus on, you know, we could have an argument, but then I've got to go and I've got to write this gratitude for her on a daily. And it's like, okay, what did we do today? Oh yeah. She did that thing. Right. Like right. she's got a client at 1030 that she's got to jump on a call with yet. She's administering a, a spelling test for my kids at 11 minutes after 10. She's got 19 minutes to get onto her call yet. She's still focused on the kids. Right. So right. it's just, it's finding those little things and being able to really appreciate them. And, and, you know, if the, the people that I worry the most about are the people that don't have families that are single, that are alone. Right. Yeah, um, for sure. But, uh, you know, the great thing is, is that you've got this technology that you can start to utilize and connect with people on a deeper emotional level through video conference, as opposed to having to see them face to face. My parents are 76 and 82, and they finally got my mom's Kindle uh, for the volume to work. And so I'm, I was trying to do like a, a video chat with them through Facebook Messenger yesterday. They can hear me, but now I'm trying to get them to hold the device away far enough away from their face. Right. So I'm not just staring at their <laughs> forehead, right? Right. So right. It's, a, it's a work in progress, right? But yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. I think that we've got to focus on the, the tiny little things that, that give us the most joy at this time. Yeah, for no, sure. And look, and you're seeing things where, I mean, like, look at LCBO, like the, their, yeah. their numbers are through the roof right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy a drink at night, but yep. don't become an alcoholic, right? right? Look at Netflix. Netflix is their, their, their profits now are through the roof as well, too. Yeah. And again, you know, you fine. You can spend money and sit there and watch movies all night, or you can use that to educate yourself. And so right. the choice is always yours. It depends on what you do with it, right? Right. So... Gary, man, I, I think we're going to end it there. This has been fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for your time, brother. Um, let us know hey, where Tony. we can find you. What, what's, what, where, where are you spending most of your time on some social platforms that people want to connect? How are they going to get, get in touch with you? Yeah, listen, if they want to get in contact with me or learn more about what I'm doing, um, I've got my own podcast as well, too. It's called Real Talk with Gary. So on iTunes, Spotify, uh, and a, a bunch of other uh, channels. Um, or they can reach out to me on, uh, on Facebook. Um, just Gary Hibbert or even on Instagram, same thing as well too. Or if they want to email me, Gary at smarthomechoice.ca. Oh, I can't, I can't let you off that quickly. What's, what's your TikTok handle, man? Come on. 
Ah, Gary Hibbert. Just Gary Hibbert. Oh, there Hibbert. you go. <laughs> okay, if you're on TikTok and you want to see some funny funny videos, you got to go search them out. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend, stick around. I'm, I just want to talk to you after we're done here. We're going to end her there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Gary, man, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate the conversation. Oh, listen, man. Thank you very much for, uh, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, you're doing a great job with this. So keep it up. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right. It. All right. Take care.